0: Bum, bum, bang. Video vampires are <laughs> with me and Jessica. Yeah, you like that? You like that opening?
1: <laughs> of all the openings, that is that's been my favorite one so far. Um, man, we haven't talked since before Halloween.
0: I know there's there's lots of news. There's like lots of weird shit that I watched. I mean, I guess not lots, considering I've been watching the same things over and over and over again. But you know, I got this email. It was from, um, well, I got two of them. One of them um, was actually from the America Cinematheque regarding the Egyptian and what's going on with that, uh, which is like cool and, and weird. A while ago, um, there was this petition um, going around about um, how the people, the people were asking for clarification on the sale of um, the Egyptian to Netflix. And so they, they came out simultaneously and it was just announcing like the new directors um, who had, who had been on the board the entire time. Um, and then, you know, who, who's being, you know, promoted and stuff like that. Um, there was also like an interview about the future of it. They basically said like Netflix is the reason why the Egyptian is still um, able to operate and will operate in the future. Obviously you have like Netflix money saving, saving them right now. Which is kind of nice. But, you know, I still think about like all the local theaters and and what's going on with them and and how they can survive during this time. But it's interesting. Um, They just kind of talked about like the new directors, what's coming in the future. Um, They're just assuring people that Netflix is not going to take over the theater, which some people still have like a lot of questions about how that's going to operate, especially with like all of the film festivals that happen. so it's just interesting. It was kind of nice to just get an update, though, on what's going on with that. Um, but as long as it's still there, but they're they're taking out the balcony. And I, in the in the in the whole email and interview, they were like, "Oh yeah, it's only it's only like a hundred or so seats that we're taking on." And I'm like mad about it, though, because it's like, do you know how fucking hard it is to get tickets to anything at Beyond Fest to begin with? Let alone taking out a hundred extra tickets, and then also. The balcony is like one of my favorite places to sit just because one, you can see everything. And two, if it's like two full downstairs, you can kind of like go upstairs and just like sit up there and everything. But I don't know. I'm kind of yeah. bummed that they're like trying to Well, I guess two is a uh, part of like the the one that came out through the um through the survey or or the petition was uh they were talking about how like since they're a nonprofit they have to get permission or building specs from the city and there's nothing in the works yet so you know who knows when they're actually going to plan to like demo all this stuff but hopefully uh uh, i don't know hopefully it's before or after i don't really know it's just like i do we want it to be shut down Any longer or like what's going to happen up there, you know, I don't know, but it's, it's interesting to just hear news about what's going on in places I miss.
1: Yeah, I got. It's weird because I got fond. Mem- I got. I mean, I didn't know that they were taking out the balcony. And it's like I have fond memories. As silly as it sounds, like when we went and saw Suspiria, You and I yeah. together, we saw that in the balcony. Like Diego, a uh, guess in friend of ours, we we him and I uh, went to a Texas Chainsaw Massacre triple feature, um, where they served barbecue outside, and then they showed the original and two and three. And we sat in the balcony, and it was like so much fun. Or *Phantasm*, when we went to the premiere, uh, the, the premiere of Ravager. It's like it's it's. I don't know, man. I got such fond memories of that fucking balcony, you know? And like, yeah. And it's,
0: it has like a good, it's like a good space to see the whole picture. Like, I've sat up front before and I've, I've honestly hated it. I've hated it every second. It's like super uncomfortable. Like, it's, it made me nauseous. Like, the back and the balcony is like where, where you sit. And it sucks that (laughs) it's going to be no longer. But we'll see, we'll see like the plans for that and like when that's actually going to happen. I'm not really sure, but they did mention it. Um, in the in the interview, and then of course in the in the petition um, article, they were just kind of like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> um, but I've watched I've watched a bunch of different stuff, like a whole spectrum of, of weird shit. So All
1: right, like, start before Halloween.
0: Um, God, I don't even. I don't keep. I wish I wrote dates like I watched this at this time. Instead, I like barely have like chicken scratch. I'm like, oh yeah, I should remember that I watched this, but. um I watched the Chicago seven it's on Netflix. Um, it's really interesting story. Um, and it's funny cause I didn't know all of it. And then you, you're watching it and you're like, is this true? Like you're kind of horrified at this story and how, um, how this took place in, in our legal system, you know, especially about Bobby seal, the black Panther who was found in contempt of court and they, they chained him and they like gagged him in the courtroom. It's just a really disgusting story. Um, I mean, it has a great outcome, but it, it's really good. The cast is really good. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen, um, isn't it? And he's and he's great, which is weird because sometimes he does these really brilliant things and then sometimes he does like Borat, you know, and you're just like right. you know you know how smart and articulate he is and how much good of an actor he is and in right. something like that. And then, um, I watched, Oh yeah. I watched, um, the last waltz, which I've never seen before. Uh, oh, really? yeah, I've yeah. never seen it. Um, it's funny cause, um, a few movies, um, my, uh, my boyfriend was like, you've never seen this. And I was like, no man, like, I didn't even know it existed, and so he made me watch it. So I watched The Last Waltz, which is really interesting. Um, Of course, I know who the band is, but, like, sometimes I forget that they're, like, responsible for all these, like, super major hits. Um, And then watching it was really interesting to me because there's, like, there's weird camera, like, swivels and, like, camera work within this story and, like, live show also like it's fucking they have like this beautiful backdrop too of when the band is playing and i guess those chandeliers were taken from gone with the wind so like it just he had this like really crazy vision of it and it's like kind of wild to watch especially it's like 19 like late 1970s scorsese so it's like it's very interesting, um and apparently that my favorite story about that was like Neil Young is performing, and I guess they had to edit his cocaine yeah. booger, you yeah. know, which is like I was like, man, they should have left that shit in. It
1: yeah, no, but I guess it's not like it was- tarnish Neil Young's image of like no, if anything, it's it, yeah, happen- yeah,
0: exactly. I was like, who wouldn't? I was like, I would actually be weirded out if he wasn't just doing cocaine in the late 70s you know before performing but it's it's really cool to watch it it was really yeah. fun I think it was on Amazon um and then
1: I, it's weird that you mentioned that real quickly just because like I was just literally talking to a friend of mine about how like you know because you know Robbie Robertson from the band him and Scorsese became really good friends and yeah they also went through it like they were both going through like I think at the same time a few years after Last Waltz they're both going through like divorces and they would just lock they would basically like they would go out In Hollywood, like at nighttime, and like go crazy, and then they would come back to Scorsese's place, and they would just like up all night, just binge watching movies. Like, and it's like, and Robbie Robertson would talk about how like Scorsese would show him like everything, and he would like he would point out to him that even a B movie or even a what we consider like a lesser film, he's like, no, there's something in that you got. You got to watch these movies because there's always something in there that's really interesting. And Robbie Robertson was just describing this time period. He's like, it was a dark time period, but we would just, yeah, we'd get fucked up, and then we would just watch movies all night. And I was like, and a friend of mine was like, hey, what do we want to do when this, when this, you know, COVID So I was like, I literally second was like, I kind of want to do it. Robbie Robertson and Martin Scorsese where they just binge watch movies all night and like just like they never went to sleep. They just watched movies. That's what I want to do with somebody when we're all done, you know, when this is all done. So yeah, I just thought, like, no weird that you mentioned
0: that. party hard and watch movies all night and then talk <laughs> about them.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, yeah. I I really liked it. It was very interesting. And then he also made me watch searching for the wrong eyed Jesus.
1: Oh, um, I love that movie so yeah, much.
0: Really? It's, it's, it's funny. Cause uh, I've never seen it before and it was like really endearing and like I really liked it. You know, like yeah. I, I can't believe that I hadn't seen those. I, I really liked how it was done. I liked all the shots, you know, especially in the car. Like it was just cool. It's a cool movie. I liked him um, a lot. Yeah. 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 Like what a cool fucking movie. Um, and so those are the two that, that he uh, showed me. And then, you know, I watched for Halloween. Well, one, um, he had never been up the coast. So I took him to Santa Cruz and I made him walk the bridge. I made him do it by himself too. I was like, I'm not fucking walking across that thing. I did it. So like, here you go. So, we, I took him to the Lost Boys Bridge, uh, which is in Santa Cruz. It's right on the boardwalk. You know, we walked the boardwalk and then, you know, we watched it immediately after because you kind of have to. Yeah. Um, the Lost Boys is still, like, I, obviously it's, like, one of the quintessential, like, 80s movies. But it's, like, I hadn't watched it maybe in a little while and it's really fucking good. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, like, very cheeky. I... You know, obviously everyone loves it, but like, it's, it's great. It is really fun.
1: It's my summer movie. I can't, I, I don't think I've ever let a summer go by where I haven't watched that at least once, you know, Cause yeah. me, that signifies summer for me. I don't know why
0: it does yeah because the boardwalk and the beach and like Mm -hmm. everything and then like you know i I don't know it's just a cool movie and and you forget like how many like cool lines are in there and then i also mentioned that time that there was like that horror pop-up in in hollywood you know and it had the scenes from the lost boys and like a fake bridge that you could hang off of it was and i was like remember when we could go out and do things you know (laughs) like um unfortunately and then for halloween i watched the thing which is i think my favorite it's like You know, um, a lot of people will talk about Carpenter films and what's their favorite. I think the thing for me is my favorite because it's still just so creepy to me and, like, scary and gross. And I just love it. I really love it. It's, like, cold and desolate and, like,
1: scary. It's just really fun. I watched that March 12th. Wait, oh, right, before, right, when the panda, yeah, right when the pandemic, well, no, is remember, because on March 13th, you and I and a few of our friends did an escape room, and that was when everything was starting to like, hey, we're getting, you know, this is getting a lot more serious than we thought. Like, if you remember, I, I remember, I, so I watched it on March 12th, and I was watching, I was like, man, this movie is definitely taking on a whole new light. And then, you know, then March 13th, we did our, our escape room or anything, and that's when people were like, okay, this is when, you know, and, and the last time you and I saw each other face to face... Was two days later, and we watched Prince Prince of Darkness. So yep. I had watched The Thing and Prince of Darkness, and I feel like at some point we're gonna have to do In the Mount of Madness to just round out the Apocalypse trilogy. Once you know, maybe maybe one of it doesn't feel like it's hitting close to home, but yeah, yeah. more the Apocalypse
0: is- films because this is apparently where we're going, where America is going. <laughs> right. Um, um. Yeah. And so I I watched The Thing. I I kind of had to. You just kind of have to. You know, like I feel like it's my favorite, especially. Especially when it's like starting to get winter out, and you get that like chill in the air, <laughs> and you like, you just want to watch something creepy and scary. Um, yeah. The thing is, is definitely a favorite. Um, and then I watched um this movie, Corp the Corpse Grinder, which, um Amazon, <laughs> did you watch it? Have you seen I it? I know
1: the Corpse Grinders, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah
0: uh so i I watched it because uh, amazon prime has like a bunch of old you know 1960s and, and early 70s horror movies and so this was one of them that i watched which is like it's like completely silly but like kind of cool you know this um this cat food company is actually like paying for human bodies and then the cats are going insane and killing people it's like <laughs> kind of fun i don't know it was kind of fun i it it it's only an hour and 13 minutes and for some reason it feels really fucking long after a while. Cause you're like, okay, we get it. Like the cats are going crazy because they're being fed people, but um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hate it. And then, um, oh, uh, for true crime people, I just started um, murder on middle beach. Have you watched it? No, it's really cool. I don't know. It's done by, um, you know, the, the son of a murdered mother basically. And like, he's just, going interviewing his family and doing this for like it was like an art school project and he was just basically interviewing his family to see like who fucking killed his mom and like it's really interesting because like there's so many weird things happening in there that like got really serious that like he's like i don't know it could be my father it could be my aunt like someone i know killed my mom and it's like really sad i know yeah i know it's really good though if you guys want to watch it it's on sundays on hbo max and that's that's pretty much what i watched it's funny i put the election down as a horror movie that i watched um yeah it was a good one the election every four years fun i would
1: i would argue and i i I agree with everything you said about i mean carpenter's a thing i think is not just one of the best carpenter films i think it is out of all of in horror, I think that and Chainsaw are like my two favorite horror movies of all time. I certainly think The Thing is the scariest movie I've ever seen. I, I still hold to that. Although, I got to go back on that now because I agree with you. The election was yeah. scarier <laughs> than The Thing. Because um, I, all I think about is like, man, which one of these which one of these is a person and which one of these is a thing? I don't know. Um, True. True. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was funny because after, you know, like a week after I'd watched the thing the last time, you know, on March 12th, you know, right when the pandemic's picking up, because I think like within three or four days we had, uh, you know, our, our state had that like stay-at-home order, right? But I kept saying to my wife, I kept <laughs> just quoting the line, I think we should start preparing our own meals and we should be eating out of cans. I would just say that every day. Every other, <laughs> and she, was just, she did not find it amusing one bit. But I just kept, because I, could, I couldn't stop saying it because I kept thinking of like the thing, you know? But, um, I, I, um, yeah, I agree with you. I love that movie. I am. Um, I feel like I did. I feel like I watched a lot, but it, and it's probably nothing, nothing new, but, uh, I am. Um, so right before Halloween, you know, my wife and I do our, we, we had our anniversary dinner because our anniversary is on Halloween, obviously. Um, but we obviously want to celebrate Halloween. So we had our dinner on the 30th, but, um, we had our nice, you know, anniversary dinner, and then we watched. Uh, I showed her, you know, because we do our our weekend movies, and I did. I showed her the Midnight Hour, which was a 1986 made-for-TV horror movie that I remember as a kid scared the fuck out of me. I don't uh, know if I remember it. It's um, it's really it's funny because it was like it was thriller just come out, so uh, thriller like thriller not hadn't just come out. Thriller came out like two, you know, in '82, but. It's still you can tell that thriller still has its like meat hooks in the pop culture, you know. Like, um, I'm I think it was ABC wanted to do like this this you know TV movie, and I I think it's meant to be for kids too, like family and kids, like kids and adults. I don't think it's that kid friendly, you know. It's actually pretty like horrifying to be honest. Um, but it's basically these kids live in a small new England town. It's pretty much Salem. Um, and, uh, but it's not, it's called something else. And, uh, you know, like one of the, like these group of friends, uh, one of the, one of the girls, Terry Belafonte, who was Harry Belafonte's daughter. She's one of the members of the group. And like her great, great, great grandmother was a witch who was burned at the stake, but was she a witch or a vampire? I don't know. Cause she turns out to be a vampire later on in the thing. Um, and the, this guy, you know, his fa- his great, 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 great grandfather was the witch hunter that like, you know, had her, whatever. And of course, because this is what you do on Halloween they st- they break into the local museum and they steal all of like the authentic um i don't know accoutrements from like you know from back in the day and they have like a seance in the the cemetery before they're going to have this big party at Bel- Cherry belavante's house and monsters and demons show up and everybody gets turned to a vampire or a monster and the kid whose great 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 grandfather was a witch hunter him in this like this, this this dead The spirit of a dead girl from the 50s Who's like super hot Like they're trying to stop all the monsters from taking over And for some odd reason he has no idea This entire time that she's dead Like he just can't figure it out She makes all these weird references about how things have changed And, how, <laughs> However- like, and he's just like He is completely fucking clueless The fact that dude bro She is clearly dead This is not a costume She's not wearing a, a 50s cheerleader costume She's dead um Anyway I love this movie because it's so, it's one of those, like, it's, remember we were talking about before on, on another episode where it's, like, stuff that came out in the old, like, in the old days, in the 80s, <laughs> they didn't care. Like, even if it was meant for kids, they didn't, they weren't, we weren't, I don't know, we weren't holding back, we weren't protecting or, or worried about, or, or worried about scaring people, we just did it, you know? It's, like, I, I think back on, like, when, um when they released a Nightmare on Elm Street or a Friday the 13th Nintendo game. You know, two games that are based off of franchises that kids—the target audience for these Nintendo games—shouldn't be allowed to see. But we maybe. I have a photo album, and I showed you and Eric this. I think I have a photo album from the '80s of Nightmare on Elm Street, where it's like a sticker album, sticker book for kids. But they talk about—he talks about like Freddy's mom being raped by a hundred maniacs, and then like you know, and then Freddy killing all these people. And it's like, but this is again, this is aimed for kids. So the midnight hour is always like kind of like this, like weird, um moment in time for me where it's like oh this is when we just we were like no no no, this is for kids too but we just didn't give a shit and like because i'm sorry i was fucking terrified i saw it in like 87 88 like and i was so fucking scared i was like <laughs> I, was, I, I my my aunt's neighbor's kids showed it to me and like i just oh i lost my shit so we watched that <laughs> I don't, I don't and then on saturday uh on halloween they did this um joe bob was at um like joe bob was literally at um at the Rose bowl and they were doing like this short films festival thing. It was kind of like weird. It was like on the, the the premise is that like the drive-in is being invaded by zombies. And they're like, they're showing these short films that have been curated by Joe Bob. And he's like talking in between them, but it's not really happening live because when he's up on screen, he's also in this weird tent, like signing pictures and everything like that, you know, doing like socially distanced autographs and like photos and everything like that. So you're like, wait a minute, Joe Bob, how can you be over there? But you can also be on the screen at the same time. Oh, I guess it's not really live. And also like the idea of like this driving being taken over by zombies, I don't think the zombies would be wearing masks if <laughs> boys, I'm okay with I'm okay with it. Because they're you're supposed to stay in your car, which is fine, you know. But um my wife and I dressed up as um Vincent and Ida from Motel Hell and, you know, yeah. and, uh, I got to actually meet, um, Joe Bob. I mean, again, it was socially distanced, but I got him to sign something and, and uh, he, I did a, you know, I, I, I got a photo op where like, I was like far away, like distance enough from them and they're wearing masks and I'm holding my fucking, I'm wearing my mask and I'm holding my Farmer Vincent mask. And, um, and you know, it was really cool. It was like a big deal for me. It was like that kind of yeah, made my like, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I felt like an idiot because Darcy, you know, who's a very sweet person, was like, "Oh, Motel Hell," and I just like, I'm so nervous around. I'm like not used to interacting with people anymore, aside from my wife or like whatever. I just went, "Yeah," and I gave her a thumbs up because I didn't know how to be like, you know, (laughs) I just came off like a complete dork, and I was like so like embarrassed, you know. But whatever, we got, you know, it was really nice, and um, I got yeah, I got to meet my hero and like or one of my heroes, and it was really cool, and and then um. And then we watched um, the, the week, the, you know, there was election day and uh, whatever. And then there was the other election day on Saturday where they called it. And that night, my wife and I watched The Last Starfighter, oh. um, which I love. And it was directed yeah. by, the, by the guy who played uh, Michael Myers in the original Halloween, Nick Castle. Oh, really? Also, yeah, also a member of the the hit band, the Coupe de Villes. You might remember them with their with their uh, theme song to the movie Big Trouble in Little China, uh, the, <laughs> Coop, the Coop DeVils being John Carpenter, Nick Castle, and Tommy Lee Wallace. But I love I um I love Last Starfighter. It's uh actually um the guy from Halloween Two that you really couldn't stand, like the the hero who was yeah. like kind of like a bumbling idiot. Um, he's the lead of um of Last Starfighter. Um. And I, I actually really like that guy. I lot, Lance Guest, but uh, I love I, I, I wanted to take a break for a moment from like horror and skin and whatever, and I just wanted to watch something nice and like kind of wholesome. So I curated a video of like old Atari and commercials and old commercials about the mall and like arcades, and then I and then I you know led into the Last Starfighter, and it was oh, that's fun. Yeah, it was. It was really nice, and it was, like, really fun to watch all these old Atari commercials and stuff like that because I had an Atari at one point, you know, so. um, And then uh, I watched a movie that I played at my last birthday marathon, but I think you came a movie or two afterwards. It was a movie called Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, Mm -hmm. and it's directed by uh, Bob Clark, who we've done two of his
0: movies,
1: Back Christmas and uh, Death Dream, and uh, it stars Alan Ornish. Who's also done, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we, and it started Alan Ormsby, who wrote Deranged. Um,
0: we must we have talked about it. Yeah, we, yeah, we, did. we did. Yeah.
1: But Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things is this really fucking bizarre, like, zombie movie that, like, you know, there's a lot. It's mostly dialogue for, like, the—it's, like, this weird, like, theater troupe, and it's led by Alan Ormsby playing the worst person in the world. Like, you just <laughs> hate, hate him so much. And it's, like, they laid on so thick. Like, he's so— fucking obnoxiously terrible and it's like it's so intentional i love it but they they're a theater troupe that for some inexplicable reason go to the cemetery for a little cheap thrills and they also have a seance they 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 dig up a corpse and they have a seance and then of course you know the the title the the movie is is a pretty good giveaway what's going to happen at the end of it um but um i really like that movie on my birthday we had a you know the people who were here it had a mixed reaction people were like man this Allen guy is really obnoxious. It's like that Allen guy wrote derange and he's fucking brilliant and he should have directed popcorn. He's fucking awesome. Um, but he is pretty obnoxious in The in movie. And I love Bob Clark. I, I think Bob Clark is, uh, an un- underrated genius when it comes to horror, you know, and we've, again, we've talked about him and he also produced deranged. So he's, we, we've actually, you know, had, we've, we've, you know, we've covered Bob Clark pretty extensively in our, our podcast, but I watched that. And then, um, And then non horror related, my wife and I watched Shampoo, starring Warren Beatty. Um, It sounds
0: familiar. I don't know if I remember it though. Hal
1: Ashby. It's basically just Warren Beatty plays this hairdresser who just like, you know, loves to fuck ladies, and like it happens. I mean, right? (laughs) Oh, and also weird that he came up with this uh, this movie. He came up with the idea of the script, and he wanted to star in it. You know, it's like, but uh, he um. It's this you know, hairdresser in six, in 1968, I believe, um, Los Angeles. And it's the eve, it's the night of the election between Nixon and, um, oh God, who ran against Nixon after, uh, after Lyndon B. Johnson. I don't think it was Johnson. It was Nixon, and somebody else, right? It was the year that Nixon won his yeah. first, term, first term. And so it's, this, it's, a, it's basically, it's weird. It's an election night movie. We didn't watch it on election night. We watched it a week later. Um, but, um, it takes place during election night in 1968 and it's just him like having these like kind of like, I don't know misadventures, like trying to like he, Goldie Hawn's in it, Julie Christie, Carrie Fisher. It's just Hal Ashby, the guy who did um, Harold and Maude, he directed it. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Well, I enjoy a lot of it. There's also parts <laughs> where I'm just like, I, I just, I don't know. I was like, man, it's just, it, that's a time period. The whole, the whole like free love sixties, like explosion. And like, you know, I just not, I'm not as into it as, I, as as other people were, you know, like hearing about it or, or learning about it, you know, like I always like that moment where like I'm always been more fascinated with that moment when like that that era ended with like the Manson murders when like it was like everybody got so – like everybody, there was like a, a shock to the system and everybody was like, whoa, now we're going to lock our doors, you know. I always find that more interesting than people just fucking each other, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. And then we watched – I rewatched. My wife had never seen this before, but I showed her the ninth configuration, which – Um, is William Peter Blatty the guy who wrote The Exorcist and um the book and the screenplay? And he also wrote and directed Exorcist 3. He wrote and directed this movie called Ninth Configuration. And it's like that, and The Exorcist and the book Legion all are kind of like a loose trilogy. That, like, Mm -hmm. only like in in The Exorcist, there's a character, um, there's a part where Reagan tells looks at an astronaut and she tells him, She says, You're gonna die up there. That astronaut is a major character in The Ninth Configuration, and it's like basically this, like this military like it's uh in pacific northwest there's this castle and it's it's being used by the u.s government to like you know house all these mentally ill uh members of the service you know and they don't know if these people are faking it or not if to get out of combat but it's like basically this this is a castle full of these like crazy military guys and jason miller who plays the priest in in exorcist he plays uh, father caris he plays like for example he plays a um he plays a soldier, or he plays a lieutenant, or colonel, whatever. Who is now um, he's trying to adapt Shakespeare's plays for dogs. <laughs> uh, and this sounds his, like a wild film. It is. It's it's full. It's, it's fucking insane. It's it's actually. I think it's beautiful. I like. I would say I love every moment of that movie, except for the last, literally the last thirty seconds of that movie. But um, his his assistant in when he's cast when he's trying to do the, put together his play is uh, Joe Spinell, who's playing Lieutenant Spinell. You know Joe Spinell from Maniac. Yeah. Um, but it's basically like this: this one um, psychiatrist comes to uh, comes to the base, and he's played by, or this comes to the castle, he's played by Stacey Keach, and he's trying to like, sur- like to like trying to like cure all these like inmates and everything like that. He becomes particularly fascinated with this one astronaut who, right before he's about to go to the moon, had a fucking breakdown, had like a you know just had a breakdown, and um, I don't know. It's this really insane, awesome, beautiful, sad, and and kind of lovely film, you know, and like. Um, I really, really, really recommend it. And I just, i happened, to—I, I, my wife had never seen it and we were going to watch a movie. And of course I'm, I'm like, let's watch Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Nah, it's not going to fly. So I was like, okay, well, let's watch this then. And we, and we did, and, and she really got behind it. And uh, except for, well, I wouldn't say she she got really behind watching it. I don't know if she loved it afterwards. She was like, it's a very strange movie because it's very, at moments, it's very funny. And yeah. at right, mom- very very sad and uh and in moments it's very very dark you know it's very and then there's moments and i that's what i love about william peter blatty i've only seen two movies i think he only directed two movies the ninth configuration and the exorcist three but both movies have these really great moments of like surrealism like i don't know if it was the last time you saw exorcist three but... i think I,
0: did i watch it with you might have i feel like that's well that's the last time that might have been a few years ago now
1: um uh, but there's either a with scene you or heather i think it, I actually i think it was with heather Okay. Um, but there's a scene where like, you know, George e. Scott's dreaming and he's in this weird like train station and there's all these, and all these angels and all these people. And it's like this weird, like surreal moment while there's like, there's this is band playing big band music and stuff like that. There's moments like that in the ninth configuration as well. So it's like, he had this really interesting eye for like the abstract and bizarre. And I love that. And, um, I really dig ninth configuration. And I think you should totally watch it. It's got, um, and it's just, it's, it's fucking fantastic. And, um, I, I've championed that movie a few times, but I, I, I hadn't seen it myself in, like, I don't know, two or three years, and I was like, oh, I really want to rewatch this, and it is, gets better every time, except for that last 30 seconds. I could just fucking, I, if I could take a pair of scissors to that fucking movie and just cut out that last 30 seconds and then slap on the credits, I, we'd be in business, you know? <laughs> um, and it's just, it's just such a, ugh. Anyway, um, but that's, and then I, my wife watched um, The Queen's Gambit, which I kind of casually watched with her. I did not care for it.
0: I know. I don't know. I like that girl, but, like, she has a weird face, and I don't like to see it all the time. Yeah, Does that make sense?
1: I, nope. Makes total like, sense. I get it.
0: cool for a movie, but not enough for a show that's going to last a long time? I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah. I uh, felt, I kind of feel the same way about her, but also I just didn't care for it. You know, I just I, – I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch it with the same intensity that, like – my wife did, and my wife didn't really. You know, she thought it looked. She at the end of the day, she thought it was really good, beautiful looking, but also not a very good. is written badly, and um, I don't know. And I just, I didn't care for it. I just, it wasn't my cup of tea. Then again, there's a lot of. I know that everybody was. I was just saying this the other day, last night. That like, I know everybody's been freaking out about um, you know, this new golden age of of television. I'm just not. I'm not into it. To me, it's like everything looks the same. And that's why I was really excited when twin peaks came out, like the re- the revival. Cause I was like, Oh man, this is them doing something different with TV. It's like changing the way the TV is being presented. And then of course nothing changed after twin peaks. Like no, that didn't catch on. And I was like, oh.
0: no, I don't think so. I don't think, I think you're, you're, I think because right now like production on a lot of things has halted. So mm-hmm. we're not seeing a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that has been cool. That's come out. Like, I feel like, TV is changing, like TV series are changing. Like, look at Refn and Too Old to Die Young. You know, like yeah. I feel like, and and, and even Lynch, like that, that. it it is changing, but like again, I don't. It's hard because like you know, my friend Sarah works in in um in television, and you know they have to get tested like every few days, and they have so yeah. many restrictions, and like the, it it this virus has changed the way everything's done too you know like and some people are shooting again but then you hear stories of like halting shooting because someone tested positive like it's just taking i think a longer time for stuff to come out now and the stuff yeah. that is coming out is like weird back burner shit that like isn't that great but some of it i mean some of it is i think i think uh you just got to give some stuff a little safe yeah, just I, because
1: i will I, i'll i'll give you that and i and i will be i will try to be a little bit more um open-minded it just it, it's for every you know for every show like uh raised by wolves i feel like there's 10 shows that just look to, look and feel the same thing to me and it's just like you know like there's there are great shows out there but they're just so i i don't know i guess i'm just like they all feel the same they, they all feel like a game of thrones or a west world and it's like i don't know but you know um god you know i i know i know we we're going to talk about our the movie we did but i i, I did want to mention because i think this is really cool um and i know you can see this but you but um oh yeah can.
0: the fanzine we posted about it but yeah. um we didn't really get to talk about it yet but that cover art is sick as fuck it's got, it's really cool
1: yeah the guy did the cover art, name is Co- uh, cover art his name is cody shibley and i actually have uh when the pandemic really first started and i was like trying to spend as much money as i could to like support <laughs> no no but i meant like what i mean is that like i mean yeah but, but also or like
0: a race for kate later when which...
1: <laughs> right er, right um but also i um like I wanted to support like local businesses or, 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 you know, small you know, businesses or mean like that. And I really, um, that, you know, I've been following that guy for a while and he actually, um, I have a great creep show poster on my wall now that he had done. And I, I really love his artwork a lot. And, uh, yeah. So these people who do the Joe Bob's, uh, Joe Bob Briggs fanzine, they were putting out an art, an, uh, a fanzine specifically for the movie trick or treat, which was our Halloween episode, our first Halloween episode. And, um, I, uh, I wrote an article for it where I covered, um, rock and roll horror movies and i actually talked to this i talked about phantom of the paradise which we've talked you know we we did together and and uh also trick-or-treat but i also kind of covered other movies too like uh rocktober blood and and um and uh you know Shock 'em dead with tracy lords i, I kind of covered a, a um sleepaway camp three or uh, two um so i cover a few, uh, quite a few movies in there but I, I if you know if you get a chance go to um check them out um You know, we again we posted it on online and everything like that. But yeah, it's the Joe Bob Briggs fanzine and they you can order, you know, you can go I think they have an Etsy shop that you can go and um order the copy of the magazine and you can see an article I wrote. And there's a lot of cool stuff in there too. It's not just don't just get it because I wrote in it. Get it because there's a cool interview with Mark Price in there. Um, there's a cool interview with the writer. Um, there's some cool artwork, you know. Not just the cover, but like also other people's stuff doing stuff. And like there's just I mean, like seriously, if you like the movie Trick or Treat, which I mean Obviously, Ooh, do. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, because you know, what well, you'd be a fucking ignoramus if you didn't. Um, <laughs> this is this is actually a really great love letter to that, and I, I'm I'm really happy and proud to be a part of that. And I would love for people to check it out. And then, um, so wait, the where want,
0: where they where can they check it out?
1: They can check it out at, and I know I have to I have to look this up real quickly. But you're absolutely right. Um, I should just do that instead of saying just do do the work yourself. Um, <laughs> it's like
0: at joe bob fanzine
1: isn't it yes it is at joe bob fanzine and at or you can go to at patty jack press that's p-a-d-d-y j-a-c-k press um p-r-e-s-s on
0: on on the instagram we don't do
1: all the old old instagram and they have a they have a um you know they have a link to their um their website and everything like that and uh i actually i before that one of the reasons why i even follow these guys is because i uh um i they did. They do a Joe Bob fanzine, and I actually picked up an issue, and uh, I ordered an issue, and it was great. It was just, I had some interviews with some of the people who are behind the scenes of the Last Drive-In. It's just there's it a lot of fun, and like there's a lot of really cool people getting involved with this in this fanzine. I think that you should uh, people should check it out. And then um, an old friend of ours, our old buddy Steve um, Steve Sears, who wrote Dave Made a Maze.
0: Yeah, he's he been had, on the earlier episodes. Um, he's been on like, quite
1: a few. Yeah, he was actually on the Trick or Treat one as well. Yeah. Um, he uh, he has a script. There's a script read of one of his scripts on uh, soundcloud.com uh, slash zero dash pipeline. Um, that'll take you to where you can listen to Meat Machine, which is a screenplay that he wrote. And he had people uh, do voice acting for it. And it's really cool. And you should check it out. And, uh, you know, Meat Machine he...
0: sounds like it's like a Godflesh song or something like that, which Actually, I'm totally I... backing.
1: Uh, actually, I think you'd like it even more. Um, when I tell you what it is, it's the best, here's how we, cause Steve and I had talked about this, you know, he, had, this is an idea that he wrote 10 years ago and, and, um, but we had discussed it and, you know, in, in multiple, multiple car rides. And the idea of basically the, I think the, the, the best log line that I could come up with when I was, when I was, you know, when we were talking about was, uh, it's a, it's a biker movie meets a Cronenberg film.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, think,
1: I think you should check it out. Um. Check it out again, SoundCloud.com/zero-pipeline, slash um, and then you'll see the only thing on there is Meat Machine right now. Um, without further ado, yeah,
0: our our film, the yeah. the the star of the show, um, Spider Baby, or this- it has like a bunch of names, right? Or like the maddest film you've ever seen. Hey.
1: Cannibal orgy or the maddest story ever told.
0: I really like cannibal orgy. I feel like they should have kept it, but I feel like that would have caused a whole thing because it came out in 1967. Right. So, but uh, cannibal orgy sounds so cool. I mean, spider baby is, doesn't really, I feel like doesn't really reflect as much, even though, you know, it does, but cannibal orgy sounds really fucking cool.
1: (laughs) But but, uh, spoiler alert, there's not as much of a cannibal orgy as you would think by a movie. That was gonna no, you
0: a you're right. It really isn't. It would be a lie, but it would, it just sounds cool.
1: Um, we were going to do this movie two years ago for around Thanksgiving, because, you know, um, I feel like it's a perfectly fitting Thanksgiving movie, but the, the real, the gist of the story real quickly, and then we'll kind of dive into it yeah. with our thoughts. Yeah. Um, there's this family called the Mary family, um, M E R R Y E. And they, and they suffer from the syndrome where basically it takes, it starts regressing the the members of the family, um, back to like, kind of like, even a, what does he say? Uh, uh, even like a, a he straight
0: up calls them retarded, but
1: yeah, but he, he says, he even, <laughs> they, go even, they go even beyond normal regression, you know, but, um, uh, and it's basically kind of centers around like the last three members of this family who haven't quite succumbed to this. I mean, they're, they're they're, they're on the their arms. way, yeah, yeah,
0: to being fully uh, succumb.
1: Yeah, two girls, Virginia and Elizabeth. Virginia, who is nicknamed Spider Baby because she likes to play the game of spider, where she likes to tie up real people and give stab them, them. Yeah, stab them with knives. And then, um, and then Ralph, who's played by your boy Sid Haig, who is. He is the clo he's he is well on his way. Like he is a few steps away from being locked in the basement with the other family members who are now so far gone that they are just like they are um you like know, rabid,
0: just- you know, yeah, animalistic almost yeah,
1: and he's on his way there. And they're being taken care of by uh, this caretaker named Bruno, who used to work for their family and who had made a promise to look after the kids after the father died. Um, and, uh, he's played by Lon Chaney Jr., which we'll get into in a second. And basically, um, this, it's it's these three characters and, and Bruno, who's trying to, who's trying to protect them from the outside world. And then the outside world does show up by, in the form of, uh, distant relatives who are going to stake their claim on the house. And, uh, you know, basically, yeah,
0: get the fortune. They're trying to steal the fortune away from these sick, rabid children.
1: It doesn't go well you know, and, and it makes you wonder who are the monsters of this in this picture. Um, the one thing I will say, so it's, it's great, and, but there's a, there's a whole uh, showcase or center, centerpiece, which is like a dinner scene. And I was like, oh man, this is like dinner with your fucked up family. You know, like they're all, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, that is kind
0: of a perfect Thanksgiving thing where they're just like all talking and eating weird shit and like some moods gross and like, I, it's funny cuz while rewatching it um i'm like are they all fucked up like are they all <laughs> slashed right now like are they they must be because this is an interesting
1: launch change junior really was in real life um
0: well yeah i it's funny cuz uh i didn't notice this before but there's totally an easter egg in there you know mm-hmm. that they talk about like oh do you like horror movies and then she talks about the wolfman and he
1: obviously and they- yeah, the camera goes right to him. Yeah,
0: it's really funny. It, it, I was like, oh, that's that's clever, you know. Um, yeah, I really liked it, actually. I think I had only seen it once before, um, and I didn't really remember anything about it. Um, you know, there's just some movies that, like, go in and out of my brain, and I'm like, I know I've seen it. Um, yeah, directed by Jack Hill, who yes. did Foxy Brown and Coffee. Yeah. Um, two of the the coolest, but... Uh, This is actually really... I feel like it's better than the name. Because, like, okay, between Cannibal Orgy and Spider Baby, I feel like if you were scrolling Spider Baby, I don't know. For me, I probably wouldn't have stopped. But... Uh, it's actually way better than I feel like the name implies. Um, but it's, it's really fun and it's, it's silly, but it is like a little, it's like really creepy, especially the two girls, Virginia and, uh, what was the other one's name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah. They're like very, uh, juvenile, um, in their way. And it's, and it's like kind of cute, but like also really disturbing. Um, and then, uh, what's her name? Wasn't it? Oh yeah. Carol Omar.
1: Yeah, from House the original House Yeah, the
0: original House on Haunted Hill. Um, she was really (laughs) cool. I thought it was funny. I was like, Oh, of course Uh, she, she's staying over, you know, um, after the dinner and like, she just, she takes her clothes off and she finds like nighties, which is like really funny to me that she finds this like lingerie in, in the closet of this like abandoned, disgusting house that she's, she's staying in. And she like puts it on and I'm like, okay, well, sure. Uh, I guess if you found something like that, you'd want to play with it. But um, it's, it's good i feel like it's good it gets a little sad too and bruno's like having this moment and he he talks about like how he's like i'm always gonna take care of you guys but you're like that man is planning to kill all of them like this is where this is going right um i thought everyone was pretty good too i i thought it was it's funny because the beginning sequence is is something to me especially like looking back now, you know, it's, like, this, this, a black mail carrier, and he simply stops and, like, asks directions, and, like, the way the mother reacts, like, she pulls her kids away, like, he's gonna, like, do something to them, and I was, like, this is a very interesting scene, um, and I feel, like, of course I think you were supposed to be scared of the family, but instead like you get this nod of like things that are happening in the real world. It, it's kind of clever to be yeah, honest. That, like,
1: that is, Yeah. Cause I know, you know, it's funny you say that. Cause I didn't, I didn't see it that way. I I, I I, can see it now that you said that, but to me, I saw it as like, they're so like, no, no, we don't talk about that family. You're like, we never heard of them and we never will, you know, like, that's how I read it. Not as like, no, it wasn't like, ah, oh, children come away from the, the black mail carrier. I looked at it as like, you know, they were so horrified by the idea of this family. But now that you say that, I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually really. Especially
0: knowing like- his like you know, Jack Hill's like, I feel like his history that comes next. I was like, oh, yeah. I feel like this is like a nod to that. Like, I thought that was pretty, pretty clever. But oh yeah, I don't know. I thought it was like really cool. I feel like it holds up during during the movie. You know, I thought even though it's like more on the sillier side, um, it's kind of campy. Um, the guy who plays the uncle i can't remember his name right now um in the in the thing i i feel like he made it funnier because i feel like he really was like slosh the entire time like he's smirking a lot like it's almost yeah. to the point where like he might burst out laughing at some points but like it kind of makes it a little more fun um i got i thought the woman um, the girl who plays virginia was like really good
1: jill banner <laughs> it, yeah yeah um you know um I, I i'd seen this movie uh because technically it was for a long time i think it was in public domain so i caught it on, yeah like, something, and uh i i really fell in love with this movie and the reason why and i, I still hold to this i know this is gonna sound crazy but i think lon cheney jr's i i'm a huge fan of his in the first place like i'm a, i'm out of all the universal monsters i my favorite is the wolf man i think mm-hmm. it's the saddest and i think he really makes you you know, give a fucking shit about this guy who doesn't want to be a werewolf, but like can't help himself. I really, I really buy. It. I think he really, but, um, him in this movie, I still think is one of the greatest performances in a horror movie. Um, and this sense that, like, I actually like, I do, like you were saying before, it's like, um, there's that scene that you're talking about where he's, he's remembering he's crying. Cause he's like, but he's trying not to like show that he's like really you know he's trying, he's trying yeah and he's but he's trying to he's basically saying he's like I promise I was going to protect all of you but he knows that there's no fucking way out of this without all of them fucking dying you know yeah, and and his ear,
0: his eyes are welling up and he's like yeah. very convincingly like sad like it made me really sad
1: and there's this great moment where like and before that when like you know it's like cuz he's really he's like you genuinely and I can not I can't believe, I can only I can't stress this up you genuinely feel like he is he's really looking after these kids and there's this great moment where like he gets, you know, they get the letter that basically says that like, you know, you know, that their relatives are going to come, whatever. And it's from the lawyer and everything. And, and I love this. I actually wrote this line down because I think this line applies to life in general, but like, you know, I think it's, uh, Virginia's like, Oh, it's bad. And he's like, you know, you know he, he says something about not being good, and she's like, oh, it's bad. He's like, no. How many times have I told you? Just because something isn't good doesn't mean it's bad. And I yeah. love that line because I was just like, God, that's a really – that's a great line, you know? And But he, he's so, like – he's trying to teach these, – these kids are, are are regressing more and more and more and more, and he's trying to, like, stay with them as much as he can and try to impart something. And you know that Bruno is obvious. that's his character, is obviously a little – has a few screws loose because they live in this giant house. We're halfway through the movie. And I feel like it's not like a really I feel like it's meant to be a shocker, but like if you're shocked at this point, it's fucking crazy that like the dead, the father is a corpse, is a skeleton, it's a skeleton upstairs in one of the guest rooms, you know, because I think uh Virginia's like, I'm gonna say goodnight to daddy. And then she goes into the room and she's like talking <laughs> to daddy and then the camera pans over after she gives it a kiss on the head and you see that it's a fucking skeleton lying in the bed. And it's like, well Bruno's still in that house 24-7. So he knows, you know, we know that his marbles are a little bit lost too. But um I actually will argue this. I I do sympathize with the kids because we're supposed to believe that they're like they're they're losing it, you know, and like they're 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 separate they can't separate that line between um you know playing and and real life, you know. And and it gets even creepier because I think Virginia's character is still kind of like going through this, like, burgeoning sexuality, you know, where she keeps wanting to play Spider with her new uncle that she's like, clearly has the hots for, you know? But Bruno is, like, really, I think he's the only really good character in this entire fucking thing, because he's the one who cares, genuinely cares about this family, and is trying to keep things together, whereas, like, you know, Emily, Carol Omar's character, is obviously the conniving,
0: Yeah, she you know, wants the money.
1: She wants the money, and then the, their lawyer, whose name is Schlocker, like, yeah, if he was good, and
0: he has like a Hitler sash.
1: If, yeah, if he was going to be a good guy, Schlocker's not the name you're ever going <laughs> to you know. Um And then, and then, um
0: you know, what the was uncle.
1: the uncle and and uh, Peter, and you know, I know that we're supposed to like him, but he comes off as such a fucking, you know, like patronizing dipshit. You know, <laughs> he's so patronizing, whereas like Bruno is actually like sincere. And I really, I'm, I'm going to hold to this. I think Bruno is the 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 only real, truly likable character in this thing. I mean, again, I love, I actually really like Elizabeth and Virginia, but because they're so, because what you were saying, they're like, they're kind of like, they're little girls that, you know, playing games, you know? And like, so like, I don't, I'm not like, Oh, they're bad girls. You know? I'm like, Oh, they're just fucking kids. You know, they just happen to be 16 and 17, but they like, they act like they're eight or nine, you know? And I I do love Sid Haig in this movie. I really do. Um, When I first saw it, I was like, is that fucking Sid Haig? And I knew it was because, like, you see his name in the credits. But this was actually the first time that he would work with Jack Hill. Oh,
0: interesting. Oh, yeah, of course, because then everything came after. Um, Yeah, yeah, it it was interesting to see. I mean, um, especially you're like, oh, he is really tall and, like, lanky and, like, weird looking, too. Like, I like that scene where, you know, he peers down upside down. (laughs) Like a yeah. bat in front of the window to like watch Car- Aunt Carol, um, yeah. which is is kind of funny. He is very creepy and he's very large and lanky and like monster like a little bit. So it was it was cool seeing him.
1: Right, and there and you just you know the thing you just mentioned too is like so all of these kids are also kind of like what the, maybe I guess two of the three kids because I don't really get this from Elizabeth, but with uh for, for definitely with Virginia and Ralph is like they again their their hormones are raging but their mentality is regressing. So it's like, it's that weird juxtaposition. Like, you yeah, uh, Virginia is definitely attracted to her uncle Peter. And, and, you know, Ralph is just like fixated on um, Aunt Emily, you know? And uh, I but, really- I,
0: Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead. I
0: was gonna say at the end too, when it's funny because he he gets fixated on the other woman that's with the uncle. He takes yeah. her away, and then all of a sudden, the uh, the rabid aunt like wakes up and she's like going after Ralph and like she sees him with the other with the other woman. It was really it was a really yeah. nice touch. It was it was pretty funny.
1: Yeah, I really like that moment too, where it's like now aunt Emily's gone fucking completely crazy too. I I really um I really I just I do love this movie and. I, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, Lon Chaney Jr., you know, again, you know, uh, his father was, you know, Lon Chaney, the man with a thousand faces who, like, you know, was like a universal silent classic star, you know, fam of the opera, London After Midnight. Lon Chaney Jr. pretty much was like, I mean, he played almost everything. He played Dracula in a movie Mm -hmm. and and he played uh, Frankenstein in a movie. Then he, you know, but he's he's most famous for the role that he was most famous for and he, he refused to let anybody else play it was the Wolfman. Um, kind of became this, like, lush, you know, and just did a bunch of, like, weird B-movies, but, uh, you know, he's, I think he's, he is fucking, it's that, you know, Wolfman, he's really good, you know, but it's, like, I feel like he's still struggling under the shadow of his father, like, he's still not, like, he's, it's his first build, it's the first time that he's being built under Lon Chaney Jr., I'm talking about the Wolfman, and he just, he doesn't, he doesn't show I don't think he shows the promise that he, that he will show later on, you know, but by the time he hits spider baby, man, this guy's fucking, this guy's dynamite. And it's a shame that his career never, this was such a, this movie was, was shot in 64, but not released until 67. And you're like, you said, like spider, they just couldn't come up with a title that was going to make this a marketable movie. Although I do like, Spider um, Beverly Washburn plays Elizabeth, you know, um, she ends up in, um, an episode of star Trek. So if you IMDB her, you'll see her, her, character in star trek but she was also in pit stop another uh, jack hill movie with sid haig mm-hmm. um you know sid haig we already we don't have to go into his career we've already talked about that enough um carol omar the same thing uh jill banner i don't i've never i never i mean i know she was in a few other things after spider baby but i never she plays uh elizabeth or 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 virginia she plays yeah. spider baby um she hated this fucking role apparently
0: really i kind of like i liked her i liked her
1: I do too. I think she's fantastic. I feel like if there's any role to be proud of, this is the one, you know, but yeah, I was like, her... she's
0: cute. Like she kind of yeah. makes you, <laughs> yeah.
1: she, uh, she, she was, you know, according to Jack Hill, she, um, you know, she, she was very, uh, embarrassed by the role. And, um, you know, she was acting for a bit, and then she gave up acting for, like, real estate. She dated – she was – I guess she was living with Brando for, like, the longest time. And then um, she gave – and then she was, like – she gave up acting, and, and they gave up show business, and went to real estate in New Mexico. And then she was just coming back into, like, Hollywood to, like – she started, like, kind of, like, working on scripts and everything like that. And she was driving on the the 101, I think, and she got into a horrible accident and died, and she was, like, 30-something, oh. oh, really? That's sad. Yeah. It is sad because I, I would love to believe – like, there's – we've – you know, I I, I think of – um. When I think of Jill Banner in this movie, I think of, um, another movie that we saw, uh, and one of our first movies that we ever covered, which was The Witch Who Came From the Sea, um, which is, uh, I, I think is obviously one of the best, uh, movies that we've covered and everything yeah. like that. I really do. But with interesting story about that is that the, um, the lead actress in that, uh, she was, uh who is uh, Millie Perkins when that movie when Witch Came From the Sea came out which I think she's fucking dynamite in that movie she was kind of embarrassed by that role and then only now is starting to be like you know what i'm actually pretty pretty impressed with that you know what i did there and i would like to think that if Jill Banner had you know had lived longer she would have maybe kind of got a full circle and been like you know what I was pretty fucking dynamite in that movie and I'm actually really proud of it, but this movie kind of langu- like, um, languished in secure- uh, obscurity for a while. It kind of got a weird revival in the nineties when Johnny legend came out and was like, he was a big, I think it was maybe the eighties or nineties where he was like, and he's a, a figure in California and, and, you know, um, he, he was a big fan of this movie and he basically like kind of ha- nursed the movie back into the public eye and everything. And then, you know, finally at the point that, you know, we're at now, like arrow video did a fucking amazing um restoration of of uh, a release of, of Spider baby that comes with you know its typical you know essay booklets and everything like that I, I really recommend this arrow this arrow video release of Spider baby because a movie it, it, for the amount of love that this movie didn't get I'm glad that somebody actually put a lot of time and effort into it because um it's it is fucking dynamite and there's like there's big fans of this movie like Joe Dante um you know the howling he's a big fan of the movie and uh I mean, I just don't it's understand. A, people...
0: It's a cool, fun movie. I feel like I feel like it should have. A, it definitely has like a cult following. I feel like at this point.
1: Yeah, but it, it, you know, it's like you said too. There's like a lot of like when you said about uh, Maitland Moreland, who is or Maitland Moreland, who was the uh, the black actor in the very beginning, who's you know, who's probably done more movies than we could probably you know list in an episode. Yeah. Um. And and, and you know, Spider Baby was one of the last movies he did do. You know, one of his last featured roles and everything like that. Um. But, um. What you know, what you said about him earlier, like, the, I, I never thought of that before, you know, about like the, the lady's reaction to him mm-hmm. as opposed to the house. And that's one of the things I like about this movie is there are a lot of, uh, it's not, you can view it as like a straightforward, like, fun, like, you know, weird, you know, family, creepy, like, you know, cannibal movie. Cause there is, like, you know, the end kind of does, do, do, you know, break out into some, you know, madness and everything like that. But, um, but what I like about this, there's a lot there, like I said, there's a lot of layers of this movie, there's a lot of different little, the lights, you know, like Lon Change Jr. And like like I said, you got you got really sad. I got really sad watching that. And I've I've watched it a few times. I'm like, man, that, that fucking monologue, you know, just like, you know and I also like I, I wrote this down too. I like how they set the dynamite up really well. Um, like <laughs> but- you know, um, like the dynamo. You know, like they're like they're driving, and Schlocker's like, you know, Lon Chaney Jr. Why are we why are we stopping? And he's like, oh, they're blowing, they're gonna blow up, uh, they're you know, they're blowing up the, the freeway or whatever, blowing up the road to make room for the new freeway. And you're like, oh, I wonder why that's relevant, because uh, he's gonna go back at the dynamo. But I get yeah. <laughs> the speech that he has this is this really sad because he's like he's talking about how he's like he's he's what he's saying to the kids. I just remember this too is that he's telling them, he's like they're gonna take you away from me, and I just oh it just kills me, you know, it's like. I think we all wish Lon Chaney Jr. was looking after us at some point in our childhoods. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, now for sure.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I, and you were saying like you mentioned earlier the, the reference to, uh, you know, with the, Ooh, yeah, I love the Frankenstein and the Wolfman. And the moment she says, Wolfman, the next cut, the next shot is Lon Cheney junior who's kind of looks up at her too. And it's like, yeah, cool. Great little nod, you know? So I, I definitely feel like you can look at this movie and just go for a good time or you can look at it and just realize that there's a lot going on in there. And I think that's a, I, 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 I love Jack Hill. I really do. I'm a big fan of coffee, a big fan of Foxy Brown. I'm a big fan of like, you know, switchblade sisters, which was like Tarantino fucking was jerking off about that movie in the nineties. He just loved, he re-released that movie. He loved it. Um, but spider baby is the one for me with Jack Hill where it's just like, Oh man. And it's like, it's the, it's low budget. It's self, it's contained in, in a, I, you said it's a gross house. I, I, think it's. I think it's eerily beautiful, but that's in Highland Park, which is uh, not far from where I'm. Yeah,
0: it's funny. We were. I was like, "Where was this shot? Like, where was it?" And you know, there's a lot of trivia too if you go on IMDb. So they mentioned like some of most of it was shot like on a stage and like all this stuff. So I thought it. I mean, I thought it was really cool. It does look like a like a fun like version of a haunted house that someone would think of. You know, that's like not actually like an abandoned house.
1: Right. Right. And like, um, but you know, it's a, it's still a low budget movie, you know I mean? I think it was like, I want to say the budget was 50,000, which, um, and I'm sure some of it actually went to Lon Chaney Jr.'s like salary, which wasn't, you know, probably a lot, but it was enough to, I don't know. But anyway, I just, I think this movie is, uh, it's, It's inspiring to watch because it's like, man, you can just pick up, you can, you can get, you can make a movie, you know, like, you know, if you can get the camera together, you can get the right people together, you can make something really fucking cool, you know, because there's not a lot going on in this movie. It's people talking. It's it's just, it's an acting. Yeah. um,
0: There's like no real effects or, you know, like, it's just, it's fun.
1: Yeah. I love it. I I love this movie and it makes me think of Thanksgiving.
0: (laughs) Can't wait to spend some time with my cannibal family on Thanksgiving.
1: What was it we talked about years ago? You're talking about like, I don't know, somehow we were talking about eating boogers on Thanksgiving. That's what all I remember from one of our our episodes (laughs) two years ago. Uh, I literally think I posted about it too. It's like, you know, uh, the video vampires team talk about eating boogers on Thanksgiving. And it's like, I can't remember what movie we covered, but this was a movie where we were going to do a while ago. And just, um, I'm glad we finally got to do it because it's, it's yeah dynamite. i feel like
0: it's it's a good movie it's like a good suggestion for someone who's looking for something a little creepy but like super fun and not too yeah. serious but that has layers like it's just it's just one of those it's a good movie so um it's available on amazon prime free for members uh so check it out
1: yeah for sure and uh yeah i, I think that I, that covers it for me i, yeah. I love the movie.
0: until next time
1: folks all righty bye-bye bye General Pictures imprisons you in a bloody web of terror. Spider Baby has the seductive innocence of Lolita and the savage hunger of a black widow. Spider Baby will give you nightmares forever. No man that loves her lives to love another. Her sweet kisses engulf you in a bloody web of horror. Spider Baby will thrill you, then kill you. Starring Spider Baby and Lon Chaney.
0: For the horror thrill of your life, see Spider Baby from American General Pictures.